It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bruins Beat, brought to you by CLNS Radio. Uh, I'm Mike, joined alongside Jason, as always. And can you believe it's the last week of the regular season in the NHL this week? Crazy, right? We've, uh, we're 24 episodes in the last week. I know. It's been flying by. The NHL season has been flying by. Playoffs are right around the corner. And that's where I want to start with this Bruins team, because... Are we going to get the playoffs or are we not going to get the playoffs? The Bruins, as of right now, if the playoffs started today, they would be in the playoffs. But with four games remaining, Detroit, the Bruins, the Boston Bruins and the Detroit Red Wings both have four games remaining, and the Detroit Red Wings are one point behind Boston for the third spot in the Atlantic. I don't think the Bruins or the Tr- Detroit Red Wings are going to get a wild card spot. I think those two wild card spots are going to go to the Islanders, and Philadelphia. So that, that's the reason I'm saying third, uh, the Bruins are going to make it or not because I think the Bruins are battling Detroit for that last playoff spot. And at, I think it's going to come down to the wire. It's going to come down to the last game of the year. The Bruins put themselves in this position by going 1-6 in their last seven games prior to last night's game, which we'll get into. But you go 1-6 towards the end of the season, that's not going to help you in the playoff push. So if the Bruins get two more wins in there, they're five points up on Detroit right now. All they needed was two more wins or even a point here or there in overtime. The Bruins didn't do it. They lost all six games of regulation, and that's going to come back to kill them, Bruins, because the Bruins are now fighting for their lives in the last week of the season. No, it's really, from what the schedule has shown, unless the Bruins go on a massive losing streak between Chicago and Carolina, it's shown that the schedule should be in Boston's favor because Detroit's got Philadelphia coming up next Wednesday, and... That should be a game Philadelphia wins, unless if Detroit really steps it up. Also, don't forget the. Uh, I know we're gonna get into the game breakdowns and predictions a little bit later, but after Detroit plays Philadelphia Wednesday night, they will travel to Boston and play the Bruins on Thursday. Yes, I was gonna mention that too, and like I said, I'm personally for the reasons of the fact that I don't want to see the Bruins be the same way next year. I'm rooting for this team to lose for the sake of just getting rid of Julian. And so, for me, it's like, if the Bruins make it and lose in the first round, it's just frustrating. I mean, I don't get how you can say playoff hockey for this Bruins team is frustrating. Because they're going to lose out of the way. 
So what? You're you, not getting past the first round. How do you know they're that? They're gonna get swept. They're not gonna get swept. I'll bet me my. I'll bet anything, any amount of money that you want. The Bruins will not get swept in the first round. The Bruins were lucky to get past St. Louis yesterday. They had the upper hand. What do you they mean they were out. lucky? They were up five two, and then St. Louis came out with a good third period. That's what good teams do. Yeah, they yeah, the, and the Bruins aren't a good team. They almost how, collapsed. How are they on a good team? They just beat one of the best teams in the Western Conference on the road. Yeah, one game. What do you mean one game? They've beaten Chicago. They've they they took Washington to overtime. They've beaten the Rangers. They've beaten the only teams they haven't beaten are the Kings and the Ducks out west. They've beaten St. Louis. They've beaten Chicago. They've beaten the Stars. They ha- yeah, the Sharks. They, they haven't beaten they've the Sharks. Beat, they've beaten every team in, in the Central Division. Which is, the which, which is arguably medi- the best division. The Bruins are a mediocre team at best. Yeah, but there's only like five and, good teams in the NHL. Yes, but you watch the way the Bruins play against the bad teams. Philadelphia is mediocre. You can't... Philadelphia has gotten better. They're not mediocre. They've gotten oh, a lot better. Oh, they're not mediocre. Name, name me their defenseman besides Golfersburg. You can't because they're a mediocre team. Coburn. Yeah, but they're not good. They're not good defense. They're better than the Bruins. Who you would rather have Colburn than Tory Krug? Yes. You're of delusional. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I'd rather have Colburn than Tory Krug. I would rather have so- Daniel Chara over Brandon Colburn. Colburn's not a good defenseman. All I'm saying is the Bruins and the way they've played against these bad teams, New Jersey being one of them, Toronto being the other, they beat St. Louis, so be it. Toronto beat Where's Toronto's the consistency beating Tampa Bay. Toronto's beaten a lot of teams that they shouldn't have beaten. Vancouver beat, Ana- oh. Vancouver beat Anaheim last night. Does that mean Anaheim's not a good team? No, it's just fluky. But okay, the so why, how, come when the, how come when the Bruins lose to the Devils, it's not fluky, but Vancouver beating Anaheim's fluky? You can't have it. The, the, the one thing about this Bruins team that is constant is their inconsistency. Yeah, but you can say that about every team. If, if Anaheim's losing to Vancouver that, and you're saying it's fluky, it's just not right. How many? I'm gonna go back later on. I want to know how many NHL teams give up as many two goal, three goal leads as the Bruins have this season. Yeah, but that's just that's just a show of lack of focus. They can't close out a game. That doesn't mean that. That doesn't mean anything. That, that, that doesn't make them good. What? What? You need okay. to close out a game to be a who's, good team. What teams are good? Does that mean if if uh, Philadelphia goes into the playoffs and loses in the first round, they're mediocre, right? Philadelphia, from where they started the season, they're a team on the rise. How are they a team on the rise? They've had the same team for about six years. No, not with the way that the well, defenseman. Well, they only have one good defenseman. Yeah, they have one good young defenseman. Like I said, we'll see. But I do not see the Bruins going far. And I and think I that for this team in the long term, Julia needs to go. I keep praising Philadelphia, but I don't think they're going to go far either. That's a hard one. It depends on where they land in the world. If, if they play Washington, you really think Philadelphia's going to beat Washington in the seven-game series? They just beat Washington this week. Oh, my God. See, this is what I mean. You can't have it both ways here. If the Bruins beat Washington, you would say it was a fluke. So Philadelphia beats Washington, and all of a sudden now Philadelphia can beat Washington in the seven-game series? Because you saw you, – with Philadelphia, I predicted this months ago. You saw it coming. You, I predicted this back in January that Philadelphia was a team to watch out for. Yeah, and I give you a lot of credit for that. That's a great call by you. 100%. I, Philadelphia is a strong team. Has good forwards. They have Giroux. They have Voracek. They have Simmons. But And they have, obviously, Godlesburg has been playing well. But their goaltending shaky. Besides Godlesburg, they're not very good defensive defensemen. They, like, the Philadelphia is not that strong. Philadelphia has its flaws. But I would, if I were to play a seven-game series, Boston Philadelphia right now, it would be Philadelphia hands down. It wouldn't be Philadelphia hands down for me at all. I think the Bruins would win a seven-game series in Philadelphia. And that's the difference. That's the difference between me and you. I don't. 
I'd rather see them get rid of Claude Julian and just. Yeah, I've been I've over. been saying this to you for the past like seven episodes. And, how I don't want the, the Bruins to keep Julian. I'm a and big And if the supporter. Bruins make the playoffs or they go around in the playoffs, Julian stays next year. We're having this entire discussion again a year later. Yeah, but just because the Julian factor has no bearing on the Philadelphia and the Bruins winning it, and Philadelphia and the Bruins in a seven-game series together. I think it does because of the players that Julian plays during the game. What do you mean? Vitrano's just, just got recalled, and now he's playing. Jimmy Hayes was scratched last night. I don't know if you noticed that. So he's playing more of the younger players. Pashnik hasn't gotten benched this past week. Vitrano's been playing. They have for, uh, they still have um, Noel Chari playing fourth line. More, Joe, Joe, Morrow's, Brett, Joe Morrow's playing decent. Wait, did Brett Connolly play last night? No, he's hurt. No, he didn't. Okay. And that makes a difference. For Tron- for- if they stick with the younger players, they might, they might have a chance. But if, if these if he puts Hayes and Connolly back in the lineup, they don't have a chance. That's the difference. But even if he plays them, they're on the forefront anyways. And they played Griffith, too. Yeah, Sam Griffith played last So there you go. He, he played Seth Griffith over Jimmy Hayes last night. And those, if those are the difference-making moves, then he needs to stick with them. But you keep saying, like, you say the Bruins are going to get swept in the first round, which is I think is... One of the biggest lies ever. How are they gonna? No team, no teams really hardly ever get swept in a seven game series in the NHL. No, you're right. That is rare. But the Bruins did it in 2011 when they beat Philadelphia, so it's possible. Yeah, it's possible, but it's rare. And also, you have to think of the the you were the reason the Bruins came out way more motivated that year than they were because they just blew a three zero series lead to Philadelphia the year before. You're telling me they didn't have extra motivation to sweep the Flyers the year the year after? Do you do you think the Bruins can beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in a seven game series? Actually, I might I get that they possibly could. They, <laughs> the way that Tampa Bay is playing lately. They, I just don't see what you see in the Bruins division between Florida and Tampa Bay that say the Bruins can't beat either of those teams in a seven game series. Would I pick Boston over Tampa Bay? Uh, I don't know. You have to we'll have to wait and see how I I'll have to wait and see. I'll have to look into it a little bit more. But I think the Bruins have a chance, but I would probably lean more towards Tampa Bay. But if the Bruins beat Tampa Bay in a seven-game series, I wouldn't be shocked. If the Bruins play Florida and beat them in a seven-game series, I wouldn't be shocked either. There's about two teams in the Eastern Conference I wouldn't want the Bruins to play, and that's the Rangers and the Capitals. Who they wouldn't play in the first round anyway, because that's the first round of the divisional the Bruins- round. Exactly. So they're only going to play their own division. And I don't but see how being... you look at the Bruins division and say, wow, the Bruins can't win that. Oh, they're going to get swept in the first round. If they play the Panthers, they're not going to swept in the first round. And if they play but the Lightning, they're not going to the But that's not either. the point. Is this, is this worth it, them going two rounds in the playoffs to keep Julian for the extra year and they go back to all this I, discussion? I'm not talking like, about Julian. I'm talking about the Bruins in general. You're telling me it's not good for the Bruins to make a playoff run? Right now, I don't, get, I don't get who said, who, who's a Bruins fan and, a Bruin, and, and covers the Bruins and says that you want them to loot, not make the playoffs. Like every, they didn't make the playoffs last year. They should have fired Julian last year. So they're stuck. They have him this year. There's nothing you can do about it. They, they have him this year. Whether or not they make a deep run in the playoffs or not, they have him. So I think the Bruins made the mistake of keeping him last year. But I want the Bruins to make a run. The Bruins have first run in his prime, Marshan in his prime, Krejci in his prime, Rask in his prime. It's what you can't just keep throwing away their years. No, you can't. But. They're not going to get any better. They're, gonna, they're not getting any better next year. How are they not getting any better? You don't even know what moves they're going to make. They have 20, With Chara they, on the contract, Seidenberg on the contract. They have $25 million in cap space, you know. Really? Yes. 
if they don't re-sign Louis Erickson, they have 23 to 25 million in cap space next year. And we've already been talking that they re-signed Louis Erickson is going to be a mistake, and they want Louis Erickson back. Right, they, That's what they've well, been talking about for the last few months. Louis, Louis Erickson's agent just came out two weeks ago and said that he hasn't heard from the Bruins' management at all. Since the trade deadline, yeah. he hasn't heard from the Bruins' management. So I don't think they're signing Louis Erickson. Good. But like I said, last I think last night's game was one game, and I'm, I want to see them beat Chicago and beat them, win the next three or four games. And show they want to win. You it. said the same thing last year. When I mean, you said the same thing a few weeks ago when the Bruins went on that really good run after the trade deadline. Oh, I want to see them beat the Washington. Oh, I want to see them beat Chicago. And they competed with, and they competed in those games. And then you were like, oh, good, good. Now this is the team I want to see. And yes, like Aaron, I know they went in a terrible stretch. They went one and six, but now they beat St. Louis. They came out strong. And you said, oh, they almost blew it though. But they still won. It doesn't matter. They won. And you're still not giving them credit for anything. Oh, it's only one game. Let's see what they do this week. Yeah, but they still won a big game last night. That was a that was one of the most biggest wins of the season for the Bruins last night. And you just discredit it like it's nothing. Yeah, and I'm not the only one that's done it. From what people say, they gave up five goals that game in a game where they scored six. This, it's a, they still won. That could have gone. That could have easily gone the other way. Chicago gave up four goals last night to Winnipeg and won in overtime. Does that mean Chicago doesn't? Chicago held on for their life. Does that mean Chicago has to worry about where they are in the playoffs right now? No. Okay, so I don't get why the Bruins letting up five goals compared to Chicago letting up four is a bigger difference. Chicago has way better defense than the Bruins do, and they're giving up four goals to Winnipeg, a team that's not even going to be in, in the playoffs. The Bruins— Because this, this is what we've seen from the Bruins offseason. Yeah, but every team has these games where they, they give up goals. Like, Rask didn't play well last night. Nope, didn't play well. 100% did not play well. But Rask, Rask has been playing unbelievable as of late. Yeah, but he has he, Rask is the only player on this team. I'm not going to blame for the Bruins being where they are. Yeah, so he has he, he's not okay. He's not doesn't mean he can't have one bad game, and they still won. So that should be a good sign. Like I said, we'll see. They still have four more games to go, and I'm just not that confident that they're going to get past Detroit, especially at home, especially with the home record. If they play every game on the road, great. All right, so yeah, Detroit has four games left. The Bruins have four games left. I'm just gonna, I'm just pulling up the standings right now to check the wild card. I think Philadelphia was pretty, was pretty well into the playoffs by now because of um, they had some games in hand, um, on the on the Bruins and on the Flyers, and I think they won those games in hand. The Islanders had a few more points than the Bruins and the and the Red Wings as well, and they, I think they had a game in hand as well. I'm just pulling up the standings right now. It's Taking a little bit, but I think it's going to come down to the Bruins and Detroit and whoever wins the third spot in the division. Um, yeah, you got the Islanders at 93 points, and you have Philadelphia at 89 points. The Bruins have 90 points, but the Philadelphia Flyers have played two less games, so the Philadelphia and the Red Wings would be tied for the wild card, final wild card spot, but Philadelphia has six more games, and Detroit has four. So... It's going to come down to the Atlantic Division battle, and I think it's going to come down to Detroit playing Philadelphia. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to the Bruins in Detroit for the last spot in the Atlantic Division. I think the Flyers and the Islanders are pretty much in. The Bruins have three less points than the Islanders, and the Islanders have two more games remaining. Detroit has four less points than the Islanders with two less games remaining. But I want to look at Detroit's schedule and the Bruins' schedule from here on out and just kind of just just give the audience the you know the teams that the both teams have, have been, are going to end the season with. So the Bruins play Chicago on Sunday, April 3rd. 
Then they then they play Carolina on Tuesday. Then they play Detroit on Thursday, and they finish this, the year against Ottawa on Saturday, a matinee game. The last three games of the regular season are at home, and the Bruins play tomorrow, Sunday, against Chicago on the road. Detroit has to, at they're at Toronto tonight, so it's a game to keep an eye on if you're a Bruins fan, obviously. Uh, keep an eye on that. They also have Philadelphia on Wednesday, the Bruins on Thursday, and the Rangers on Saturday. So I think Detroit has a tough schedule there. Detroit's got the tougher of the two schedules, which is why the Boston Bruins should should sneak in before the Detroit game on Thursday. But we see how the Bruins have played at home all season, so it's going to come down to those last yeah, games. Yeah, if, if Detroit wins tonight, though, the Bruins would be out of the playoffs, and I think and then tomorrow, then the Chicago game becomes big, and then I, to be honest, I think it's going to come down to the Bruins uh, Red Wings game on Thursday. It has to, and whoever wins that game is going to make the playoffs. Yeah, so that's going to be, I think that's going to be the deciding factor there. Uh, Detroit has made the playoffs in 24 straight years, I believe, so they're looking to keep that streak going. But, but the good thing about Detroit playing Toronto tonight is Toronto has been playing a lot better as of late. They compete hard. Even though the Bruins beat them last week, it was 2-1. to one. Bruins scored an empty netter to, to make it 3-1. to one. Detroit's playing – I mean, Toronto's playing with nothing to lose. Detroit's playing on a back-to-back. They have to travel. I don't think they're traveling far. They're just traveling from Detroit to Toronto. But, you know, it's a game to keep an eye on for Bruins fans. And um, we'll have to wait and see how that one turns out. But it's going to come down to the come down to the wire here. I mean, Detroit had a big win against the uh, Minnesota Wild yeah, last night. So they were able to keep even with Boston there. That was one of the games that you you kind of look for as a Bruins fan to be like, come on, Minnesota. Like, Minnesota's fighting for their playoff lives, too. You're kind of pushing for the Wild there, but... You know, and Detroit pulled it off. So you know, the second yeah. game, the second game of back to back will be difficult. And with Toronto coming in for Detroit, it should be right for Toronto to win it. But if Detroit's playing as desperate as Boston's playing, it's going to be huge. Yeah, it's definitely going to be. We'll have to wait and see how the Detroit. I mean, because like you said, Detroit could come out tonight and lay an egg, but they also could, you know, play desperate hockey and look like a team that needs to get in the playoffs. Like you pretty much assume they're going to play. So. The Bruins can't. The Bruins control their own destiny, pretty much. They have to do what they can. If the Bruins win the rest of their games, I think they'll get in. They, if they win the rest of their games, they should get in. That's an automatic. Yeah, because Detroit won't be able to pass them in points because Detroit has one last point. So even if the Bruins and that and that Detroit game really will be the huge part. Of exactly. But another thing I want to touch on before we get into the game breakdowns of this week, um, should. The Bruins in the Jimmy Vesey sweepstakes. Uh, Jimmy Vesey went to Harvard University. He was drafted by the Predators a few years back. Uh, Jimmy Vesey's a local kid. His dad grew up in Charlestown, played for the Bruins, played in the NHL. Uh, at, their season ended in the college hockey you know, tournament, just like as we talked about last week. The college hockey, we'll get into the Frozen Four a little bit later on with some Bruins prospects in there. But Jimmy Vesey was, uh, after the season ended, Jimmy, the National Predators GM, Wanted to sign Jimmy Vesey right away, get him on the team. And Jimmy turned him down and said he's going to elect to opt in free agency this August. I guess after, you, as a team, when you draft a player, you have a certain amount of years to sign the player. But That's the same as the Matt Grizzlick situation, yes. which he signed with Boston. Yes, and so Jimmy Vesey decided not to sign with Nashville, and he, wanted to be, he chose the free agent route. And then all of a sudden, you had a report from the Boston Herald that says Jimmy Vesey will sign with Boston Bruins in August, once his, he's eligible to sign. And you look at this report, and you can look at it two ways. I think it would be great if the Bruins were able to get him, 
But I just think it's too early to look at and say he's definitely going to sign with Boston because it's April, and he has until August to make a decision. And he just he just turned down Nashville. And I know Jimmy personally, really nice kid. I'm not saying he's he's a bad he's a bad player, but you can never just you can he's a bad kid, but you can never just say, oh, he's definitely picking this team, or oh, he's definitely picking this team when he still has five months, six months to decide. He's gonna take his time and go where whichever team gives him the most money, unless it's both the minimum contract. Yeah, he can't get anything more than minimum contract. Okay, then he'll go where he wants to play, and he could change his mind by then. Yeah. Do I think he'd be good in Boston? Yes, but he could still change his mind. Exactly, I think he'd be. I think he'd be good. I think he'd be good, a good signing for the Bruins. But I'm just looking at it from a perspective of he still has so much time to decide. Other teams are obviously going to contact him. It's like the Bruins are going to be the only team to call him. Uh, but there was a report that um, once Grizzlick signed with the Bruins, Bruins prospect from Charleston. Matt Grizzlick, BU defenseman, signed with the Bruins just yesterday. And as a, and uh, Grizzlick and Busey have played together their entire lives when they were since they were kids. They went to the same prep school at Belmont Hill. Uh, they both they both have been playing together for quite some time now. They're very good friends, Grizzlick and Busey are. And there was reports saying they both want to play in the NHL together. So there's reports that Busey still might consider Boston, but I'm just a little skeptical here because I'm not gonna say he's definitely coming until he actually signs the contract. No, that's how you have to look at it. It's the only way to look at it. You can any player can say where they want to go, and and you can't really hold it against them. If they change their mind. They're gonna change. They could. It's a business. He wants to, to play where he wants to play. You know what I mean? It's not like a, right. Right now, he wants to play for his hometown team, but that could change. Yes, if a GM wants to trade him, the GM's not gonna think think otherwise to ask him what his opinions are. So I don't think that he has any loyalty to any NHL team that he wants. You know what I mean? He can pay. He wants if he he's electing to choose what he wants to do, and I can't. Fault the player for doing that. No, you can't fault him at all. Uh, so the next thing I want to talk about, just touch on briefly, is uh, Dennis Steinberg and Brett Connolly both uh, injured, little body injuries. They both didn't travel with the team to this road trip, the mini road trip to St. Louis and, and Chicago. Excuse me. Um, the Bruins did recall Seth Griffith from Providence. They were called. Austin Zarnick too, but they sent Zarnick back down because Spooner was able to travel because Spooner missed the game uh, this week as well. But the Bruins seemed a little bit dinged up, so hopefully they can get a little bit of a rest for this up-and-coming four game, four games to end the year because the Bruins need to play some desperate hockey right now. But I think Claude Julien is, is playing for Toronto. I think for Toronto has been rewarding them. Seth Griffith, he's been benching the older players, so... I'm liking what I'm seeing so far from Julian. I think he's pushing all the right buttons as of right now. Even though, I, like I said, I still don't like Julian as a coach. I think right now he's pushing the right buttons. Right now he's showing the urgency, which is good. Doesn't mean I want him to stay because you can't go into the season every single season having to play desperate at the end. It's not good hockey. Yeah, it's, it's not smart. It's, it's not smart hockey. And last night's Bruins game was a bruiser. If you really watched it, Pasternak got dinged up. Kevin Miller got injured, which doesn't really matter, but still. No, definitely. You can't play yeah, that you, way. You, like you said, they have to play desperate hockey, and last night they had to play a strong, big, tough St. Louis team, and they had to play desperate because of where they put themselves in the standings. And if they can, and that's another reason why I'd argue that they wouldn't make it out of the first round, because they're going to go into that first round dinged up, the way the way they played that St. Louis game. Yeah, they could get a few days off before the playoffs start. You never know if they're like, I mean, and Spooner's playing, Krejci's playing, Passionate came back last night. So it seems like even though they are dinged up a little bit, they don't seem like major, major injuries. So, 
No, true. And they and at this point in the season, they don't disclose the injuries anyway. Yeah, you're talking about players that are hurt. Yeah, but but I think other teams players are hurting too. You just don't really hear as much about it because we focus on the Bruins mainly. True. That's true. So you know, how NHL players are. They'll just be like, "Oh, it's a little bruise. I'm fine. They'll go back out there." And then also in the playoffs end, you go, "Oh, shoulder surgery, uh, wrist surgery, and you got knee surgery." It's like, holy smokes. Yeah, no, they're beating up. I mean, you can see it. Krejci, up until last night, wasn't himself. And I have a feeling he was still dinged up. He played a heck of a game last night. Yeah, David Krejci finally showed up. He, he, he finally showed up, and he picked a great time to do it. Four points last night for David Krejci. We'll get into it a little bit in, in just a moment when they get the game breakdowns. And we'll start with the game breakdowns right now. So the Bruins, um, did they only have two games this week? Was it against? Was it Three, Toronto. Toronto was last Saturday, correct? Correct. Yeah, so the Bruins had three games this week. Last Saturday, they started off in Toronto. And after the Bruins obviously lost to the Rangers in Florida, you looked at this game and said the Bruins have to win this game against Toronto. They can't lose to Toronto. There's no possible way the Bruins can lose to Toronto. In the first period, they came out and they looked horrible. But luckily for the Bruins, of course, the Jekyll and Hyde team, the, the roller coaster ride continued. And the Bruins decided to show up in the second and third periods. And even the Bruins dominated that game, the second and third periods. Even though the Bruins did only win two to one, three to one, that was a, it was a close game. The Bruins dominated. They really haven't been scoring many goals as of late until last night's outburst. But I, it was a good victory. The, the team the, the team showed up for the last two periods and said, "Okay, seriously, guys, we got to get our act together and stop playing hockey. We are also going to be missing the playoffs again." And they so I forget when someone said so I forget who it was, but someone interviewed Krejci and was like, "Can you learn? Can you learn anything from last year?" And he goes, "Yeah, if you don't." play desperate you're going to be missing the playoffs and I think that just resonated with me because this team knows they can't have the same thing happen to them as last year and if they do there's going to be major consequences no the consequences are huge if they lose and if they if they lose to Detroit the consequences are going to be huge there's not yeah, a doubt if, in my mind if the Bruins miss the playoffs it would this it, it would make this offseason a hundred times more entertaining to see what happens but I mean I just personally don't want that I want the, I want to see playoff hockey because you get a few bounces. You you get a favorable matchup in the first round. You win. You get a few bounces here and there. You're in, all of a sudden you're in the conference finals. And I'm not saying the Bruins are going to win the cup, but you get to the conference finals, and then all of a sudden Tukaras gets hot and steals two games, or just something crazy happens. I, I know I'm going like I'm on the limb here, but the Kings won the cup a few years back as an eight seed, and I'm not saying the Bruins are as good as the Kings were or the Kings are. I'm just saying. Sometimes strange things happen when you get into the playoffs. That's why I just want the Bruins to get in and you see what happens. Yes, but there's consequences to them getting into if they, if they do make the conference finals, and we all know that. So I kind of look at it from the, the, the Jekyll perspective more than anything. That if they get in, they make the conference finals, Julian stays for another year, or at least to start the year. But yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. But the Bruins, def- the Bruins are going to have much need to win against Toronto. And then they uh, they travel to New Jersey after that, and you look at that, and you say, okay, the Bruins should beat New Jersey, no problem. Nope. With their backup goaltender Yeah, with their that. backup goaltender who's not even – who they don't even have Corey Schneider playing in that. If the if Corey Schneider had that performance as a, as a Bruins fan or and covering the Bruins, I'd be like, you know what? Corey you Sch- wouldn't be shocked. Corey Schneider's one of the elite goaltenders in the NHL. So it's like you tip your cap, you move on, even though the Bruins should have had more goals. You, you tip your cap and say, okay – Corey Schneider stood on his head. He wasn't taking no for an answer for that game. He he wanted that game no matter what, and he got it. 
they had Kincaid in it. I don't even know if I'm saying his name. Kincaid. Kincaid. Who the hell is Kincaid? The Bruins had 40 shots on goal and one goal. Brad Marchand scored a beautiful goal, by the way. But yeah, that that Marchand's just been spectacular. Four, you had 40 shots and one goal. Matt Bosky could have had five goals this game. The Bruins had multiple two on ones. They dominated play. New Jersey scored two power play goals, which means the penalty kill sucked in this game, which is awful because you should be able to kill two penalties against New Jersey. New Jersey is one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. It's it's mind blowing how this team could could just not beat New Jersey, and New Jersey's not a good team. No, it's true, but you keep in mind, Julian had who in the lineup but Jimmy Hayes and Brett Connolly. And so it's, it kind of speaks to the fact that those two players are two of the couple of players that weren't really doing what they're supposed to do. Jimmy Hayes and Brett Connolly should be down in the AHL and weave. They are not NHL caliber players. No, they, they got to get out of town. Both of them do. I, I can't see either of them being on this team next year. I really can't. No, you can't. You can see, if, and if anything, you can see the Bruins waving Hayes. Even though they signed him to an extension, you can't keep him in the lineup. He's not good enough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss of words watching Jimmy Hayes in the lineup. I, I don't know. He's really struggled. You have Brett Connolly, who, who you and I have been absolutely ripping on this show for quite some time now, saying, what does he do? And I, I listen to uh, sports radio all the time, you know. Get the, so I was listening to this. Michael Felger on 98.5, the sports hub, said, when Brett Connolly's on the fourth line, he's not a half-bad player. And I literally said, you know what? That's He's right, because when Brett Collins on the fourth line, he's fine because he's playing against other teams' fourth lines. He doesn't have to do much. He's not playing with Bergeron and Marchand. And that makes so much of a difference in the world. So if Brett Collins on the fourth line, fine. But I don't want him re-signed next year to be on the fourth line. There's no reason for that to happen. You have up- No, because what's going to happen when, they, when you if you when you re-sign him? Not when, because they're not going to. But if you re-sign him next year, put him on the fourth line, you know what Julian's going to do if he's still here? He's going to move him back up to the second line because, you know, Julian and his fourth line guys. I know. I just uh, – Brett Cullen needs to get me out of town and Jimmy Hayes. And I'm sorry, Jimmy Hayes. Jimmy Hayes had 19 goals last year at Florida. I wonder where those 19 goals went because I I think he has like 12 now. Do you remember, do you, when Jimmy Hayes was playing against the uh, Boston Bruins, do you ever remember him making a splash? No. Okay. When Riley Smith was playing against the Boston Bruins, do you remember Riley yeah, Smith Riley making Smith, a splash? Riley Smith looks good. Mike Felger made that argument too. Riley Smith. That speaks for itself. Riley Smith looks good. He looks good in Florida. He, does. he makes a difference. He does. Yeah, he does. He's wearing this as a captain. And and you know what? I'm gonna give it this way in that New Jersey game. Matt Bolesky didn't get any goals, but man, it, this does this guy every single night make a difference when he plays. Yeah, but you gotta be able to finish though. We needed we like he had a wide open net and he put it right into the goalie's pads. Like he's gonna be able to finish. No, he has to, and he scored. He scored last night, I think. Yeah, he did. But just that game against New Jersey was crucial. You lose that game. Now Detroit's one point back, and this is where we are, one point back. But last night, uh, the Bruins and Detroit both played. The Bru- Detroit was playing Minnesota. The Bruins were playing St. Louis. So you had both of us playing. Both teams playing. You know, a pretty good Western Conference team, and both teams prevailed. The Bruins, the Bru- I think the Bruins played good in this game up until the third period when St. Louis kind of. Came out with it. Turned it on. Yeah, St. Louis turned it on. But the first two periods for the Bruins, I think, went really well. And if the Bruins can play like that, I know it's a big if. If the Bruins can play like that, they could compete with anyone. But the thing is, they, if they can play with that. Yeah, they, like never, that. Yes. they never do consistently. I understand that. But the Bruins play. But you saw, but you saw it with 
St. Louis, and you see it with a lot of teams. The moment teams turn it on and really get going, because keep in mind, St. Louis has already clinched the playoff spot, so what do they care? They're not going to do anything more than they have to and not get injured at this point. They're in the playoffs. So, the moment teams turn it on, the Bruins tend to fold. And I think last night showed a little bit of that. Even though they pull it off, it's, it shows you the real makeup of this team. Well, I just think St. Louis turned it on and the Bruins were kind of scrambling a little bit because I think the Bruins were sitting back on a three-goal lead, which I think attributes to Julian's style of coaching. Yes, which you can't do. Yes, you can't sit back with a free goal been, lead. That's been team. the consistency all season. But St. Louis mm. is a good team. You knew they were going to make a push, though. You couldn't just, like, except St. Louis. You knew, you knew they were going to make a push. The real, the real question was how they respond to it. And they looked doomed until they went in that final power play. Yeah, but they, yeah, they did look a little It looked a little bit sketchy there, but the Bruins, they scored a timely power play goal. They got a much-needed win, and they move on from two, two points to St. Louis, and they move on to Chicago. And another big game right up the bat, and that Chicago game's going to be huge. It definitely is going to be huge. This whole week's going to be huge, obviously. But I, the Bruins had a two and one week, and I would have liked. I would. I expected a two and one week. I just thought they were going to lose to St. Louis and not lose to New Jersey. But we both. I predicted a two and one week, so I'm pretty happy with that. I don't remember what I predicted. To be completely honest, I think I went one and two. I don't know. I don't remember. That was last week. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I was wrong though. A pretty good. I'm pretty happy with a two and one week there. No, no, it was a good week to take two two to one, and that was a big win for St. Louis against St. Louis for sure. Um, yeah, so I'm so the Bruins, but the Bruins have a lot of question marks going into this final week of the season, as you you and I had talked about earlier in the show. You have Dennis Seidenberg, uh hurt. You have Brett Connolly hurt. Not that I think Brett Connolly means anything. Kevin Miller hurt. You had Ryan Spooner miss a few games. You had David Krejci missing practices. You had Brad Marchand getting sick. You had Tukarask getting sick. You have all these little minor things going on with this Bruins team, and you look at it and you say, are they going to be able to finish the regular season? Passionate got dinged up last night a little bit. He came back, but he still got dinged up. Are they going to be able to finish the year healthy enough to make it or make a push and see what happens from there because they have a lot of stuff going on? Well, we'll know on Sunday when they play the Blackhawks because that Blackhawks game is going to be a bruiser too. I think the Blackhawks are hurting right now, though. Oh, they absolutely are. I mean, I think I heard Jonathan Taze got injured last night. Taze got injured last night. Corey Crawford's injured. Duncan Keith is suspended. Uh, Marion Hosa was sick. They have a lot of stuff going on there in, in Chicago right now. They, they, I think they're just, like, trying to buy time to the playoffs, to be honest. I'm thinking the same way. And I, I'm, I'm not sure how badly Taze got injured, but it didn't look like it was too bad. Like, he's, he'll recover from it. Yeah, it definitely looks like they'll recover from it, but they're like they're they're banged up too. So I think it's a great opportunity for the Bruins to go in there and maybe steal two points because Chicago was pretty banged up. Yeah, no, they have a huge opportunity on Sunday for sure. But they need but to take a, advantage. But it's a national, yeah, it's a national televised game, so usually the Bruins don't show up for those. Oh, they never do. That's automatic. They never show up for the nationally televised games, so it's a huge game for them. It's a, it's a huge game for both teams. I think Chicago doesn't want to like you know just well into the playoffs and play on a bad note, you know what I mean? True, for sure. Chicago definitely doesn't want to roll into the playoffs. And as of right now, it looks like that's what they're doing. But, you know, obviously, with the, with all the players they have out right now, what do you expect? You know, they're missing their starting goaltender, their best defenseman. It's like, it's what's going to happen. Any news on uh, Corey Crawford coming back? Or is he, are they just holding, uh, holding him off to the playoffs? I haven't heard anything on Corey Crawford, to be honest. But, I mean... The Bruins have a, 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 a great chance here. 
if Corey, no, they, it's it's huge. Especially if Corey it's Corey a big game. Chicago is a big game. It's the biggest game of the season. Andrew Shaw just got hurt too. Upper 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 body, not too serious, but they're they're hurting. Penguins, uh, Mark Andre Fleury's out with a concussion. So another team on the playoff hunt. Oh, he, what did that happen yesterday? It happened last night, I think. Wow, I must have missed that. I didn't even know he got hurt. And he's been playing pretty well this year. Even though I think he chose in the playoffs, he's been playing really well. Yes, he has, for sure. But that's it's it's going to be a crazy last week of the season. All right, so I, this is what I was looking for. I found it on Twitter from a, a Blackhawks writer, Mark Lazarus, who has a blue check mark, so he's verified on Twitter. Crawford hurt, Hosha sick, Keith suspended, Shaw hurt, Taze hurt, TV, Trevor Ram beams like hurt. Yep. You're talking about dinged up. That's this is this is the opportunity for the Bruins to not choke. This is a game they should win. Yeah, they definitely should. I mean, I don't see how the Bruins can have an opportunity to pull this off. If they don't win this game, then they deserve to. Then really, it's it's not good. The only, they, I think they, the only thing they have to really watch out for, obviously, is Patrick Kane. I know it's a big watch out for because Patrick Kane can dominate any type of game, but. They were able to shut him down in Boston. Yeah, but I think the, so. It's gonna be they're gonna have to do the same thing now. Yeah, they have to. They don't have a choice. It's desperation because you don't want what happened last year to happen again. I mean, really, going into the last game of the season, when you think about it, last year they went to the last game against Tampa, where they had they had it, they had a chance. They didn't pull it off. You don't want that. You don't want that happening with Ottawa. No, definitely not. So, the Bruins have a lot of stuff going on. They also announced the signings of some college prospects. We already got into the thing about Matt Grizzlick. The Bruins signed the BU defenseman. They also signed Sean Corrali, forward from Miami of Ohio, who was acquired in the trade with the San Jose Sharks for Martin Jones. Uh, I hear he's a big, big body, works hard. I, I, don't, I heard he's, his projected role down the line is a third-line center. I heard nothing. I don't think he's going to be one of those flashy type players the Bruins signed for, for like you know a top six role. For big money, you use him as depth, put him on the third line, and eventually over time trade him for something better as he gets as he starts showing talent. Yeah, and the Bruins also signed O'Gara, the defenseman from Yale, after the Yale lost uh, fifth round pick a few years back. Uh, they, I hear from O'Gara is just a strong, a strong defensive defenseman, really plays his positioning well. He's a smart player. I heard he's a little bit big. I think he's 6'2", 6'3", I believe. So, not a bad depth defenseman there. See what he can see what he can give you in Providence. Also, I forgot to bring this up last week is the Bruins brought in Brandon Carlo and put him into Providence as well. And I think he's a player to look out for. He's a player you can see come up with next year. He's he's on his way. And that, that's one of the, the players I look at and say, let's see what Brandon Carlo can do. Because I think down the road that Brandon Carlo could be your replacement for Chara. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, we'll talk about that more in the offseason, what's going to happen with Char, because that's gonna, that's a mystery at the moment. It's definitely a mystery at the moment, but, you know, if that's three, three prospects the Bruins have, plus Carlo, and I think there's, obviously there's going to be more. Uh, the one thing, another thing I want to touch on quickly is uh, Frank Vetrano, and Frank Vetrano, we've been calling for Frank Vetrano to be called up, he finally got recalled. He's been playing in the lineup now. He's playing third line minutes, and he, he's producing. He has two goals this week, or he has did he score a goal last week too? I forget, but 
Frank but did you say he's on the third line? Yes. Weren't we arguing this last week that for Toronto's more of a second and first line guy? But I think playing him with Spooner is a good good for him too. Because Spooner's more of a pass first guy if a Toronto shoots the puck a lot. So I feel like him playing with Spooner right now isn't bad for him. Nope. You know, if, if this is if this and Spooner will be in the lineup next year. I think that, you know, when I found out Spooner was injured, that's why his play has tailed off a little bit. And that's what you mean by the Bruins being dinged up a lot. Yeah, Spoon- things that we yeah, don't notice. Definitely, I think you said Spooner. Spooner was injured, and uh, that's why he hasn't been playing well. Uh, you know, he had a great play last night. Spooner did to set up uh, Stempniak to set up Petrano, and I'm starting to like that third line a lot better with Stempniak, Spooner, and Petrano than I did at any point this year. I think it was a smart move to move Stempniak down to the third line and have him work with those young players. Yeah, it gives him more. Gives them more depth. They have Louis Erickson playing with Bergeron and Marchand, trying to get more offense in the first line. And get a little, you know, I don't mind that, that move by Julian. That's what I'm saying. I think he's playing a little bit desperate here. Yes, he is. And like I said, for now, that's okay. But you have to, I'm, I'm still thinking he's the one long term. Yeah, he's pushing the buttons, though. Just what you want to see. He's pushing. Yeah, no, he's definitely but is, pushing but the buttons. See, the thing is, I don't get why he didn't do this all season long. Like, why does he stick with his fourth-line guys until it's just desperation moment when they need to make the playoffs when he knows his job is on the line? Exactly. Like, why wait Like, do you think that? he's going to escape? Like, do you think, no matter what happens this year, if the Bruins start off slow next year, he's gone. The Bru- There's no way Neely's going to stick around saying, Julian, you're staying for the year. The Bruins start off slow next year, he's done. If he's, if he's uh, still here next year. Yeah, I actually just saw a report on Twitter. It says Mark Andre Fleury did not report to the team uh, in New York. Sorry, I know we just touched on Fleury, but yeah, he's not even making the trip to New York. So obviously, it's a little bit more serious than people might think. No, of course, uh, with the Mark Andre Fleury thing. Yes, but back. Sorry to get back on topic here with the with the Bruins. Um, I like I said, I understand. Like it's he's pushing all the right buttons now, but. Hey, I'm gonna make a compa- I'm gonna make a comparison. You're gonna actually like this, the, Julian. If Julian's on this Bruins team next year, you're talking a John Farrell type mindset, meaning Julian's coaching for his job every single game next year. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's gonna be it because the, the Bruins need to get better here. Like you can't just keep missing the playoffs. No, you can't, and you can't keep on playing mediocre either. No, you can't keep on sticking with the players that aren't doing anything. Nope, but. I think we're seeing in the beginning because I have a feeling Cassidy will be up here in the near future. Yeah, a lot of people like Cassidy. He's been doing pretty well with the Providence players down there, and Providence Bruins. He works well with the young guys, and you can see the transition. Um, but another thing I want to touch on quickly before we get to our game predictions for the week, and if the Bruins are going to be in or if the Bruins are going to be out. Um, do you, did you obviously you saw the Duncan Keith play, correct? Say that again. You saw the Duncan Keith play. Yes. That was brutal. That was just uncalled for, unnecessary. And Duncan Keith has been suspended a quite quite a few times now. I, I think Kane, uh, Duncan Keith's teetering on being a dirty type player. Oh, he's one of those. I'm not going to argue that one too much. Definitely a dirty play. Definitely got the suspension he deserved. I keep, I'm keep i keeping in mind that he weighed in the uh, playoff game. He should have maybe gotten two playoff games, but he got the suspension he, he deserved, and we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, just not a good look for Duncan Keith. He swung a stick and hit. Charlie Coyle right in the face. Just ugly, ugly, ugly. Wasn't wasn't impressed at all by that. Definitely was cheap. Also, uh, Washington Capitals locked up the President's Trophy. So, 
Capitals are kind of just playing to play right now, I guess you can say. They have 55 wins, set a franchise record. And we've been talking about the Capitals pretty much all year and how they've just been coasting, cruising right along. They're going to be a tough out, I think, in the playoffs. This is a different team than the normal Capitals teams that made the playoffs in the past that have been as good as they are, with Barry Trotz at home. Right, but they have... They, they can't lose in the second round again. They have to get to the conference finals or Stanley Cup. If they lose in the second round again, they'll be catastrophic for that organization. So I could see the Capitals winning the Cup. If I was to make a prediction right now, if, of any team that could take down the West, it would be the Capitals. Oh, no question about it. It would be the, it'd be the Capitals in the East. Because I think Braden Holpe is that good of a goaltender. He is really he is really good. I like Braden Holpe a lot. I, think he's a- I mean, he's one game away from tying Brodeur's record. Oh, he is. That's good. Thing. It's good thing to keep an eye on for their um, as the season keeps going. Yeah. Well, for the rest of the season going to next week. Yeah, even though it's the last of the season. But you figure the Capitals still have a few games left, so, I mean, he'll have the opportunity to beat Yeah, they'll probably play him a couple of games. I'm sure they'll set some of their other players and let them rest and get ready for the playoffs at this point. Yeah, but I can't see them sitting them out like four games in a row. You know what I mean? No, no, no. They'll sit out. They'll do it in sections. They'll take out their dinged-up players first, let them them heal. They won't do it four straight games, but you're going to see it. They'll make their rotations. Yep, so it's going to be a fight to the finish for the Bruins as of right now. Uh, So pretty much the Western Conference playoff structure is set. You have, I mean, it's just pretty much about, like, seeding. As of right now, you have the Stars and the Blues fighting for the top spot in the Central. And you have the Kings and the Ducks fighting for the top spot in the West. Uh, and the, yeah, the very, the, what is it called? The, the Pacific, sorry. Um, the, the Kings have 97 points. Anaheim has 96. They both have five games left. You have Dallas and St. Louis. Dallas is up. Two points on St. Louis. They both have four games remaining. Uh, Chicago's four points behind St. Louis. Five, excuse me, six points behind Dallas. So I think Chicago is going to be the three seed. You have San Jose, who's four points behind Anaheim for second. But, you know, they've already, they have a game in hand. So San Jose only has four games left. So I, I think Anaheim kind of locked up. Anaheim or Los Angeles will lock up the two seed. And in the Western Conference wildcard race, you have Nashville with 91 points, pretty much, and they clinched a playoff spot. Plus, you have Minnesota at 87 points, so in Colorado with 82 points. So what would need to happen is Colorado would have to win pretty much all four of their remaining games, and they would need Minnesota to lose pretty much all three of their remaining games. Which I, which I don't see happening. Exactly. So I think the Western Conference is pretty much set. You have seven out of the eight teams in the, in the Western Conference that are clinched. And I think it's only a matter of time before Minnesota is clinched as well. Well, let's look at it this way. I'm going to give you guys this from a different perspective. If the season were to end today, this would be the playoff picture. The Stars and the Wild would play in the first round. The Blues and the Blackhawks. That would be the central Oh, that would be a battle. That would be a war. And you got the Kings and Predators and the Ducks and Sharks in the Pacific. Right? Yep, you got that right. And then in the Atlantic, you got the Panthers and Islanders. Round one. Uh, that would be an interesting matchup. And then you got the Lightning and the Bruins in round one as well. Another interesting matchup. And the Metropolitan, you got the Capitals, Flyers, and Penguins and Rangers. Oh, that would be great. That would be those would be the those would be great series to watch. I want to see. I would love to see the Penguins play the Flyers just because. I know, of, but uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. Two years ago, never going to happen for sure. But it would I don't just think, be I don't fun think to it's going to happen this season. But 
Oh man, that was, that would be great. That would be absolutely great. But I, I also I, mean, I, I, I also think uh, the Pittsburgh Rangers series would be great too, though. And then you would have Washington and Philly, which I think would be equally as great. Oh yeah, no, we're in for a good playoff here either way. Whether the Bruins make it or not, we're in for a good playoff run. Definitely. So uh, let's get into those that that little playoff run the Bruins are on. Uh, you know they have four games remaining. So Jason, let's let's hear your predictions for this week. They have Chicago, they have Carolina, they have Detroit, and they have Ottawa. Okay. I know usually I know usually we do the, the Saturday games because usually we we launch our show on Saturdays. But with the next week's show being, I mean next week's game being at twelve thirty, I think me and Jason are thinking about doing the show next Sunday. Or maybe see next Sunday, and maybe yeah, we'll do it. Ne- we we'll do it next Sunday because, because we'll, we'll be able to ending. see if the Bruins are in the playoffs or not, and then you'll either hear a, a either either Jason and I bashing the Bruins and holding pitchforks outside TD Garden saying "Fire Julian," <laughs> even though we might do that anyways. But we'll definitely be out there if they don't make the playoffs. But if they do, we'll have to wait and see. It'll be probably be playoff prediction time next week, so we'll have a great show next week. We'll do it next Sunday because the like as we just said, the Bruins play. Next Saturday at twelve thirty against Ottawa, the last game of the year. So, Jason, let's get into it here. Final week of. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my Detroit prediction last. I want I'm gonna give three predictions. And I want to hear your three. We'll do the Detroit one last. Because of the Chicago Blackhawks right, injuries, I'm gonna give the Bruins the win against Chicago. And with them playing at home, they should beat Carolina. I could see them losing to Ottawa. And I want to hear what you think of those three games. I think if the Bruins are going to lose in those three games, it's going to be to uh, Chicago. And even though Chicago's banged up, I just feel like Chicago has the most skill. They have the, they have, they still have good players on the team with Kane and Panarin and you know Vlad. They still have Seabrook on defense. The, the I think if the Bruins win, lose one of those three games, it's going to be to. Chicago, but I also am a little worried about Carolina as well because the Bruins just recently played Carolina and they lost in overtime. Carolina also just beat the Rangers. Carolina's playing like with no care in the world. They're kind of just going out there having fun and playing. They they traded Eric Stahl, so they have a lot of younger players too. They have good goaltenders in Cam Ward and Black. So that game worries me too. I think the Bruins will be okay with Ottawa because I think I mean the Bruins usually play Ottawa pretty well anyways, so I think the Bruins are going to be two and one in those three games. I was going to, I'm going to say the same thing. I think it's going to be two and one in those three. And I'm going to go with the loss at Detroit. I knew you were going to do that. When they played I Detroit. knew you were going to do that. I'm going to say that the Bruins beat Detroit. I think the Bruins are going to be able to show up here, finally play desperate. I think the Bruins have three lines now that are very good compared to two lines that were just okay. I mean, compared to two lines that were good, I think the Bruins with Stempiak spreading out, Vetrano being called up. I think they have Bruins have three very good lines now. I think Tukaras is going to be the MVP for the Bruins this week, and the Bruins are going to get into the playoffs and play either Florida or Tampa Bay in the first round. No, they'll probably get Tampa Bay if they make it third in the Atlantic. For well, sure. If, if Florida and Tampa Bay tie with the amount of points, I think I didn't even think of that. I think Tampa Bay didn't even think of that. I think Tampa Bay would pass them. Didn't even think of that. Good point, Mike. So, well, they both have uh, five games left. Florida's two points up. They do not play each other, but 
they both have kind of favorable matchups at the end of the season. They don't really have any, like, too grueling of games where you look at and say, whoa, they're playing, like, the Kings or they're playing, like, this, the Blues or whatever. Or they're playing them. They're playing each other. So we'll have to wait and see how that one plays out. There's still something to keep an eye on, but I think the Bruins have to keep an eye on themselves, to be honest, because without the Bruins playing well this week, they're out. Like I said, if they lose to Chicago today, it's just one step. If they lose to Chicago, Detroit wins. It's just one step closer. And they, and like I said, they have to play desperate. They have to play desperate in these big games, these big televised games. I wouldn't be shocked if that Detroit game was a televised game. Yeah, I, I was thinking about maybe big they were, I don't think if they, I was thinking about maybe they put it on like NHL Network or like NBC Sports because now NBC Sports kind of picks up games every night now with like the season winding down. So I'm, I don't know if they, if they're gonna do that, but. I think it would be smart for them too because it's pretty much win or you're out. And that Detroit game is win or you're out for sure. It's automatic. So it's a huge week for the Bruins. Huge, huge, huge. And uh, just to throw this out there too, last 10 games, Detroit's 5-5. Five and five, The Bruins are 3-6-1. and one. We talked about the Bruins going on a 1-6 streak before last night's game, but... Detroit, Detroit hasn't really been helping themselves out either because the Bruins are... Oh, they haven't. Because the Bruins are 3-6-1 and one in their last 10. Detroit's 5-5. Five and five. Detroit choked against Montreal when they should have had that game yeah, won. Yeah, so. and they would they did. Wednesday night against Montreal, the Detroit came back back from a 2-0 deficit. They went up 3-2, and then they, they let Montreal score two goals in the third period to lose 4-3, and that was a gut-wrenching loss for Detroit. That game was a difference maker. So we've all they all have difference makers, but this is how you know the season's coming down to Boston, Detroit, Thursday night, the biggest game of the season. Circle it on the calendars, everyone. Make sure you're in front of a television because that's the game to look out for right there. Detroit, Boston. Also, you could probably you might want to catch up Detroit play the night before against Philadelphia because if the Bruins, you know, play Tuesday night and they beat Carolina, and then they uh, that's two more points that you're up on Detroit. So if maybe a loss to Detroit won't hurt as bad, you'll just have to play and beat Ottawa on Saturday. But, you know, there's a lot of situations that can happen this week. It's Knowing the Bruins is going to come down to Saturday's game in, against Ottawa. So that's pretty much Bruins fans. Get get ready for your heart rate and your pulses to, to explode. It's going to be that kind of end of the season. It really is. And if the Bruins don't make it, make sure everyone uh, – has warranty on there. And if the Bruins don't make it, we got the Red Sox. We got the uh, Red Sox to look forward to. Yes, and everyone make sure that Bruins fans, you have um, warranty on your televisions. I'm sure you'll be throwing the remote through the television. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we'll we'll talk to you. This will uh, conclude our episode of Bruins Beat. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Mike Setta 22 at Jason Buckley 91. Also, don't forget to tune into our our friends over at Red Sox Beat. Uh, Jess, Lauren, and Jared do a great job breaking down all Red Sox stuff. Red Sox have a new third baseman. It's not Fat Panda. Tune into that. They'll discuss everything about that. The Red Sox rotation has been announced. Their lineup. And I hear you're a new Red Sox beat member too. Yes, I well not, not I'm not doing the Red Sox podcast. I will just be covering some games, doing some articles here and there for the Red Sox. So I'm happy to join the Red Sox team as well. But CLNS Radio brings you everything you need to know. Uh, big win for the Celtics last night against the Golden State Warriors. They done, they stopped their their winning streak at home. So go to CLNS Radio, please. They have a bunch of stuff there. Follow us on Twitter at Bruins underscore Beat. Um, like us. You can also get us on iTunes, right, Jason? Right. You can find us on iTunes at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. You can also find us on iTunes Stitcher. And if you get the CLNS Radio app, you can get us there as well. 
Definitely. So playoff playoff week starts this week, even though the Bruins aren't in. But this is pretty much playoff week. Winner go home. Win do or, or die. Go, do or die. Winner go home. So next Sunday will be our show, not next Saturday. So if you're tuning in, look for our show next Sunday. And it will either be the Bruins in the playoffs, prediction predicting playoffs. Uh, or, it, or it'll still be a playoff show because the Bruins is not involved. Yes. So find us next Sunday. We'll talk to you then. Go Bruins. Go Bruins.